It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our bodies. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team. That's producer Joe, producer Luke, Zach, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday, producer Joe. Happy Thursday, Kim. Seems like it was just Monday. It really does. Time flies by here. It Holy does. God. When when we're out trying to reclaim Colorado, save the country, help people understand these things, it takes it time goes by so quickly. I want to say thank you to the National Shooting Sports Foundation for their sponsorship of the show. Uh, and also thank you to Laramie Energy and Caris Oil and Gas for their goal sponsorship of the show as well. Uh, we are truly an independent voice. And uh, we uh, come to you because of the support of our sponsors, as well as of the support of all of you. And we look at these issues, we dissect them uh, through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You should not have to force people to do it. And my friends, remember, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, livelihood, or their lives. And force can come in what we always know, weapons, but policy unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the World Economic Forum, Davos Globalist Elite's agenda. And when I talk about weapons, uh, that is one of the reasons why the founders Uh, thought that the Second Amendment, the right for everyday people to keep and bear firearms to to protect ourselves against bad actors, was so important. And we will be talking with Nephi Cole in this first hour. He is with the National Shooting Sports Foundation about that. But that was so foundational that the founders put it in the Constitution, in the Bill of Rights, as the Second Amendment. So we'll talk more about that. Uh, But I decided to go for our quotes of the day to our founders regarding the Second Amendment and the rights for everyday people to carry firearms to protect ourselves against bad actors. So first, though, I went to uh, hubris as our word of the day. It is a noun. Uh, First definition, overbearing pride or presumption, arrogance. Number two, excessive pride, presumption, or arrogance originally towards the gods, it says. Number three, uh, again, overbearing pride or presumption. And here is the sentence I created. The hubris of Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey and his disrespect of his constituents regarding alleged bribery charges and finding uh, $480,000 in cash in his home is ineffable. I'm using yesterday's word, Joe. What do you think? Did I get it? Ineffable. You got the word, yes, ma'am. Whew. That was a struggle yesterday, but I practiced all day. Okay, our quote of the day went to Thomas Jefferson, founding father, 
third president of the United States, born in 1743, died on July 4, 1826, 50 years after the Declaration of Independence was signed. And John Adams, another founding father, this is, I think you all know this because we've mentioned it before, but he died on July 4th, 1826, the same day that Jefferson died. If you ever wonder whether or not these are God winks at us, they certainly are. So both of those founding fathers died 50 years to the day after the Declaration of Independence. James Monroe, our fifth president, died on July 4th, 1831. And then Calvin Coolidge, who when I was talking with Dr. Brian Dimitrovic yesterday, who's considered uh, one of our greatest presidents, was born on July 4th, 1872. So did you know all that stuff, Joe? I just find that so super interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So now, now you can you can impress your friends and family. Of course, my concern is is I don't want anybody to go. Who's Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> right? But I, anyway, I might have cried if they said that to me. <laughs> I know. Okay, here we go. This is uh, the quote from Thomas Jefferson: "Laws that forbid the carrying of arms disarm only those who are neither inclined nor determined to commit crimes." Such laws make things worse for the assaulted and better for the assailants. They serve rather to to encourage than to prevent homicides. For an unarmed man may be attacked with greater confidence than an armed man. He pretty well nails that, and that's our founding father. Uh, so I thought that was a very, very important quote. Uh, I, I had a speaking engagement with the meetup group and... Um, uh, in uh, Arapahoe County last night. So I did not really watch the debates, but I'm not sure that I really missed a lot. But uh, Donald Trump was not there, who is leading the pack. Uh, so I don't know really what happened. If you guys have some thoughts on that, you can call in on the last segment of the second hour and let me know what you think about it. I also, I just wanted to mention this John Fetterman, who is a senator from Pennsylvania. I mean, we have big, big issues going on in America, and his big issue is whether or not he can wear his uh, workout clothes uh, to uh, when he's a, working in the Senate. This is such a disrespect for his office. It's a disrespect to his constituents. And when we look at the things that are facing us, that the Senate is messing around with the dress code, it is absolutely beyond belief to me. So let's go to our, oh, oh! I did not spell the word, hubris, H-U-B-R-I-S, hubris, H-U-B-R-I-S. And both Leon and Eric have said they really appreciate uh, spelling the word. Okay, this day in history, 48 B.C., Pompey the Great is assassinated on orders of the king of Egypt after landing in Egypt. Well, that was quite the welcome. Uh, 351, the Battle of Mursa. Emperor Constantine II beats Emperor Magnentius, Magnentius, I think it is, and uh, Magnentius retreats to to Gaul. 365, Roman usurper Procopius bribes two legions passing by Constantinople and proclaims himself Roman emperor. Wouldn't you think, don't you, wouldn't you love to have been a fly on the wall? to see how all those conversations were going. 935, St. Winchelis is murdered by his brother, 
Boleslas of Bohemia. And I was in Europe. This was in 2000. And uh, we, I think it was in Prague, went to a cathedral uh, of the, of St. Wenceslas. And there's the Christmas song, remember. Good St. Wenceslas, uh, that whole song. So anyway, that was 935. He was murdered by his brother in Bohemia. 1066, William the Conqueror, the Duke of Normandy, lands in Pevensey Bay in Sussex, England, beginning the Norman conquest of England. 1106, the Battle of uh, Tingeshbray, and English King Henry I beats his brother Robert, Duke of Normandy, in Normandy. I find that kind of interesting, these brothers fighting each other, don't you? Brothers are always fighting. I can say that with certainty, being the oldest of three. (laughs) But I think it would be better if you guys just fought among yourselves instead of bringing along troops to fight each other. What do you think? Yeah, probably, but they have the ability, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You you like their thinking, huh? Okay. No, 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 no. Don't don't misquote me here. (laughs) Okay, sorry about that, Joe. 1542, explorer Juan Rodriguez Cabrillo is the first European to sail into San Diego Bay, naming it San Miguel and claiming it for Spain. 1781, 9,000 American and 7,000 French troops begin the siege of Yorktown. I love this one. 1785, Napoleon Bonaparte, age 16, graduates from the elite Ecole Militaire in Paris. He was 42nd in his class of 51. So, you know, just because just because you're not tops in your class doesn't mean that you can cannot go on and be a success. 1787, Congress sends constitute the Constitution to state legislatures for their approval. 1839, British Association expedition to Antarctica ships Erebus and Terror. I'm not sure I'd want to be on a ship named Terror, but it set sail from England to attempt to locate the magnetic South Pole. 1850, the U.S. Navy abolishes flogging as punishment. And I was thinking about it. So they used to flog sailors uh, for discipline. And now we have the, uh, the military is letting people question whether or not they're a guy or a girl. That's a long haul. You think, Joe? Very big change, yes. (laughs) Okay, Uh, this is a weather event. 1887, the Yellow River of Huang He floods in China, killing between 900,000 and 2 million people, one of the deadliest natural disasters in history. And clearly they were not keeping good records if it's between 900,000 and 2 million. 1892, the first night football game was played in Mansville, uh, Pennsylvania. 1892. That long ago. I would never have guessed. Okay, this one cracked me up. 1904, a woman was arrested for smoking a cigarette in a car on Fifth Avenue in New York City. Okay, 1914, German forces move into Antwerp, Belgium in World War I. 1923, Abyssinia, Ethiopia, leaves the League of Nations. 1924, two U.S. Army planes in around-the-world flight, Seattle to Seattle, 57 stops. <laughs> that's, that's like trying to go on a road trip with your kids. Okay, 1928, first recording session in Nashville, which was Warmack's Gully Jumpers. 
1928, Prussia forbids speech from Adolf Hitler. I'd like to know what was going on with that. 1928, the U.S. recognizes the Chinese national government of Chiang Kai-shek. 1940, I found this super interesting. Two things were happening. So 1940, Michigan's Tom Harmon runs in one game 72 yards, 86 yards, and 94 yards for touchdowns. What a game. But uh, also in 1940, Bud Brennan, a fan at Memorial Stadium, races out of the stands and attempts to tackle Tom Harmon at the three-yard line. Harmon easily evades him. 1944, Nazi forces begin killing civilians in the Italian village of Marsaboto. And then we're going to talk about this tomorrow. 1944, Theodore Roosevelt Jr., the son of President Theodore Roosevelt, is posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor for directing troops at Utah Beach during the D-Day landings. And we'll talk more about that tomorrow because we normally quote Medal of Honor recipients. But when I was in Normandy in 2016 with this whole group with the Denver Police Activities League, they were telling me the story of Teddy Roosevelt when they're landing on the beaches. And he landed on Utah Beach. But they were they landed about a mile off of their target where they were supposed to be. And apparently Teddy Roosevelt Jr. said he got out of the boat and he said, well, the war stops here. Or the, excuse me, the war starts here. The war starts here. And uh, I found that pretty amazing. We get to do this because of great sponsors. And one of those great sponsors is Hooters Restaurants. And they have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. They have specials for lunch, Monday through Friday. I love the fish and chips. And also Wednesdays are Wings Day. You buy 20 wings, you get an additional 10 for free. That's for to-go or to dine-in. And how I got to know them, it was a very interesting introduction regarding PBIs, those politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties, bumping up against free markets and, free, and freedom and capitalism. And you can find that story at my website. So again, though, Hooters Restaurants, great place to get together with friends, great place to watch all of the sporting events and have been great sponsors of the show for many, many years. And then also another sponsor of the show is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And Roger knows that life can be challenging and it's the Mangan's team's mission to maximize your financial security as you manage the risks of everyday life. So call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855 for more information. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. So I switched my insurance to the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency. Get this. I actually talked to Roger Mangan, who has been helping people with their insurance coverage in our community for 47 years. He helped me create a State Farm personalized price insurance plan for my home and auto and explained affordable options. For personalized service and peace of mind that you are working with a team that cares about you and your family, call Roger Mangan now at 303-795-8855. Kim highly recommends the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. Again, that number is 303-795-8855. Colorado's rules and regulations continue to make it more expensive to heat and cool your home. Johnny Stubbs Heating and Air Conditioning Services works to continue to offer you proper guidance and help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Johnny Stubbs' team of certified professionals has extensive experience installing, repairing, and maintaining air conditioning, heating, and water heater systems. Johnny Stubbs Services is committed to providing exceptional service and ensuring your comfort, safety, and satisfaction. 
johnnystubservices.com the trusted contractor for all your heating and air conditioning needs that's johnnystubservices.com focused and wise marketing is essential for your success especially during tough economic times if you love the kim munson show strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in america then talk with kim about partnership sponsorship opportunities email kim at kimmunson.com Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. My friends, today is the day. A climate conversation this evening out at Rockley's Event Center, 8555 West Colfax. Uh, Joe, you're going to be there. It is going to be a great evening. Yes, ma'am. I'm so excited. Uh, And uh, we are just about sold out. We have maybe just a few tickets if people want to join us. Uh, But it's going to be a great evening. Tickets are $20 for an individual, $30 for a couple. Food, drink, the screening of the movie, a climate conversation. The experts in the movie, the scientists, are flying in from all over North America uh, for a panel discussion. It'll help you get your brain around these issues. We would love to have you join us. You're going to make new friends. You're going to connect with old friends. It's going to be a great evening. You can go to my website, kimmunson.com, to get your tickets. And again, there's just a few left, and it is going to be a great evening. Uh, There is a very important vote that is occurring this Saturday uh, with the um, Colorado Republicans uh, Central Committee. And it's whether or not to opt out of the open primaries, and it's only for two years, uh, or not. And so I wanted to talk with the uh, Colorado State GOP Vice Chair, Hope Sheppelman, about this. Hope is on the line. Welcome to the show, Hope. Thank you so much, Kim. I appreciate you guys having me on this morning. Well, and this this whole opt-out is it's somewhat complicated. Uh, the opt-out vote that the people of Colorado uh, voted on open primaries, gosh, was that 2016 when that happened? Oh, Hope, I can't quite remember. I think that's what it was. That, that, yes, that is correct. It was 2016, yes. Okay, and, and go ahead. And interesting enough... Um, so I do live in rural Colorado. I live in Bayfield, Colorado, uh, which is on the western slope. And we here really saw how much the um, open primary really affected our last race here in um, Congressional District 3 with Congresswoman Boebert. And with that said, do you mind if I kind of go over a little thing? Please do. That? Please. Okay. So um, here in La Plata County, we do have a, um, a newspaper called the Durango Herald. And interesting, they have letters to the editor. And I would like to just read one, one excerpt on this letter to the editor, because this kind of will give you guys a little bit of an in, insight of why we as the Republican Party really want to close 
our primary and why Saturday's vote is really important. So let me just read a little bit. It says, um, the title is, To Unite in District 3. To the thousands of registered Democrats in Congressional District 3, it is time to unite. We must remove the right-wing radical QAnon conspiracy and national embarrassment, Lauren Boebert, from the office of the Republican Party on June 28th. This was last year. As a registered Democrat, you can log into the Colorado Secretary of State website and change your registration from Democrat to unaffiliated. As an unaffiliated voter, you, are, you will receive a Republican ballot. Once you vote in the Republican primary, you may re-register as a Democrat at any time. On that Republican ballot is Don Corum, a moderate, sensible opponent of Rob, um, Lauren Boebert. I am in favor of some of his policies, but he is a mentally balanced candidate and worth our vote. So, Kim, this is why we as Republicans really need to look at tomorrow or Saturday's vote and opt out because what's going on is Democrats are changing their affiliation to unaffiliated to to basically change the way that the Republicans are um, looking at uh, our candidates. And so they're the ones who are choosing our candidates, not the Republicans. So, um, Hope, I, I, I've seen the same thing happen. And first of all, this whole open primary thing, it's so expensive. The idea that we are sending two ballots to all unaffiliateds, just the expense of that is it's crazy. But this whole open primary, I, I had a guest on the other day that said that this whole ballot question was engineered. Really, I think to to get to the, the result that you've just mentioned. But Hope, somebody that I truly respect, uh, uh, had, I had taken a look at an email that he sent last night, and he said that that this really would play into the unaffiliated if we opted out, that it would disenfranchise the unaffiliated in the primaries. And because I respect him, I, I, I just wanted to noodle that around. And, and I, I see what, you, what you're saying is this is really a way for the Democrats to come in and play in the Republican primaries, get the weaker, milquetoast, Democrat-like candidate uh, on the ballot, and then vote for the the, the Democrats, so that that voters don't really have a distinctive choice between a conservative, someone that wants to conserve this American idea, and the radical activist Democrats. Is that too strong of a position? Do you think, Hope? Uh, no, I think that is actually actually accurate. That is, um, you hit the nail on the head on that, and that's exactly why we're fighting this. Is Back in 2016, when this actually came onto the ballot, this was a ballot initiative. I did not vote for that back in 2016, but I think that a lot of the voters were not educated enough to see what this would actually involve. You know, this is actually trying to play, like you said, play a part on the Republican Party and just have that milk toast um, candidate. 
And we need, as a party, we really need to make sure that we are the ones, we, the Republican Party, are the ones who choose our candidate. And it is not going to disenfranchise anybody. This is actually saying, hey, if you want to be a part of our Republican Party, that you need to choose a side. You know, unaffiliated voters, I have done an interesting little survey here in the La Plata County area. I called around 500 unaffiliated voters and had a conversation with them. And that's truly just what we need to do is have conversations. And most of those unaffiliated voters, eh, they didn't care too much on the fact that we were closing our primaries. The ones that are raising the flags are the ones that are really playing in our in our voting um, and trying to choose these candidates. When I circle back to those individuals, 95%, I'm gonna say that again, 95% of those unaffiliated voters that I spoke to here in La Plata County stated that they would vote still conservative in the general. So everybody is saying, hey, they're gonna disenfranchise the unaffiliated voters. That is incorrect. And I found I and I've I recommended in my voters guide a no vote on this as well because um, I really felt it was important that Republicans vote in Republican primaries Democrats vote in Democrat primaries and there's nothing that changes the anything people could actually register as a Republican to vote in the Republican primary um, and so I think that's important that people understand that as well that is correct they can register to vote as a Republican if you are unaffiliated and you are a conservative voter and you vote conservatively based on, you know, certain type of um, solutions or some type of like topics, you are absolutely able to register as a Republican to vote in our primary. However, the, the problem is, is once we there's a lot of people that just do exactly what I've read. You know, there's there's Democrats that are saying, hey, you can switch votes, but this is not disenfranchising anybody. You know, we we are a very conservative. We we think about why our platform is what it is. We are the ones that are fiscally responsible. We want limited government. And truly, that's what we're just trying to do. We as a party want to be able to pick our person, our candidate for that general election. Well, and this is only for two years. This is not forever. I think that's important that people understand that as well. And there was big money that came into, this was Prop 108 back in 2016, and it was really the brainchild of Kent Theory, the former head of DeVita. And he has been working to, I think, weaken uh, the elections in Colorado for quite some time. And if you want to see, uh, and I've talked about the Republican consultant class that has really been colluding with the radical activist Democrats regarding what's happening in Colorado. And if you want to look at some of the names, all you have to do is go to Ballotpedia uh, and put in Colorado Prop 108, and it will show you many of the uh, of the people that supported it, and you will see the names of many of the Republican political operative class that I think has been undercutting um, really the grassroots everyday people of Colorado. And Hope, I just wanted to say one other thing, and that is, is I really think this is an opportunity. People are looking at Colorado. We are in trouble, and it's because of the 
operative consultant Republicans working with the radical activist Democrats. And people want to reclaim our state, our beautiful state. And so... um, First of all, you can get informed. Go to Ballotpedia, put in Colorado Prop 108, and you'll get all kinds of information. You will see that there was, I think there was over $5 million that was put into this, and Kent Theory put in over $2.5 million of his own money. So, yes, this is from Ballotpedia. Five, uh, over $5 million to get this passed, and there was only $71,000 in opposition to that. So you can see how that election was really skewered that way. And that is correct. And it's really sad to hear all of that information because we really need to fight back. As you said, we love Colorado. You know, Colorado has always been a beloved state um, for a lot of people. You know, we love our mountains. We love our rural communities, the agriculture, the oil and gas, and our water rights. And all of that is being taken away. And we really need to look at that. We need to be able to preserve this for the next generations, our children. And I think if anybody is on the fence of this, you know, on the vote coming up on Saturday, they really need to think about we cannot wait another four years for this to, um, you know, be more. Think about if we're going to wait it out or not like that for the lawsuit or anything that's going to be that had been um, put up. You know, our kids can't handle this anymore, especially in the educational system. So I just kind of wanted to pivot that way because a lot of people are like, well, let's wait for the lawsuit, you know, because we did put up a lawsuit. But, you know, that with lawsuits, you you know that they can take two to four to five years to. So we really need to do some type of action now. Colorado cannot wait. We really need to turn this this state red again. We need to reunite again as a Republican Party, and this is the way we can reunite as a Republican Party is to vote yes on the opt-out this Saturday. Well, Hope Shuppelman, Colorado State GOP Vice Chair, I appreciate that. And I'm kind of like, why not give this a try? Because uh, it's not the Republican Party's not been successful in, in the last few election cycles. This is for two years, and uh, again, there are people who I really respect and, and care a lot about that are, are either on the fence or have been over on the vote no. But as I've really thought about it, I, I would encourage everyone to just let's just give it a chance and see what happens. So, Hope Shuppelman, I greatly appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much, Kim, and I appreciate you guys having me on this morning. Okay, and again, that's Hope Shuppelman. She is the Colorado State GOP Vice Chair. And we do these discussions because of great sponsors and also wanted to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation, which is a nonprofit that I dearly love. And Paula Sarles, who is the president of the USMC Memorial Foundation, she is a Gold Star wife and a Marine veteran. Uh, She and her team, Mary, all of them are working diligently to raise the money for the remodel of the Marine Memorial at 6th and Colfax. And as we see our memorials uh, being torn down or renamed or military bases renamed, we we must know our history. And that's why the work they are doing at the USMC Memorial Foundation is so important. It becomes more important every day. And you can help them by going to USMC Memorial Foundation. Org to make a contribution. And again, we get to do all this because of great sponsors like Karen Levine. With the limited number of homes in the Colorado Front Range market, Karen Levine can help you achieve your home buying or selling vision. Karen has the right connections, technology, and strategies 
to help you buy or sell your home or to purchase a new build. Whether you're feeling overwhelmed or want someone to take the wheel, or you just need a second opinion, you can rest assured that REMAX Realtor Karen Levine is the right agent for you. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. Karen is the trusted professional who strives for excellence. That number is 303-877-7516. Boson Law is a local law firm dedicated to helping injured individuals in Denver and the surrounding areas fight for the justice they deserve. Boson Law focuses on personalized representation tailored to your unique situation with one-on-one attention and counsel and consistent communication. Boson Law personal injury attorneys have extensive trial experience and have successfully represented clients against the interests of powerful corporations, manufacturers, insurance companies, and government agencies. Contact Boson Law at 303-999-9999 for a complimentary in-person consultation. Again, that number is 303-999-9999. Call now at 303-999-9999. Nine 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 nine. Our future depends on educated, informed, and active citizens. You could do your part by reading Dr. James Lyons Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. That's popularrationalism.substack.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And I want to say thank you to the National Shooting Sports Foundation uh, for their sponsorship of the show. They are new sponsors, and I am so excited to have on the line with me Nephi Cole. He is the Director of uh, Government Affairs and or Government Relations and State Affairs with the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Nephi, welcome to the show. Kim, how are you today? Can you hear me? I gotcha. How are you? Awesome. Oh, I'm great. It's a beautiful morning. Just waiting for the sun to come up and uh, see, what, see what the day brings. But it's just a great day. <laughs> well, it is. And uh, I'm so pleased to have the National Shooting Sports Foundation as a new sponsor of the show. And explain to our listeners, what is the National Shooting Sports Foundation, the NSSF? Well, first, you know, I want to say thank you to you, and you do phenomenal work for the state of Colorado and keeping people informed and getting important debate and discussion out there. Keep up the great work. We couldn't be more proud than to partner with you to be able to do that. So here's who we are, the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Most people haven't heard of us. A lot of people have heard of our trade show. It's called the Shooting Hunting Outdoor Trade Show or SHOT Show. So that's that's we own that, and we are the 9,000 companies who manufacture, distribute, uh, and and sell firearms, ammunition, optics, and other related accessories um, that you need in the hunting and shooting sports world. So we're everybody from like Beretta to Winchester, anybody from a from Cabela's to a mom and pop gun shop. That's that's who we are. And I often tell people, you know, who who don't recognize the NSSF, um, 
as an organization, and that's because we don't represent people. We represent companies. Um, if you were to go to a store like, say, Shields and buy a firearm, when you walk out into the parking lot, you're in the world of groups like the National Rifle Association who represent individual gun owners. If you turn around and look back at that store and you look at everything that's going on in there, you look at all the comings and goings and the the, the shipping and the, the purchases and all that, that entire world inside that store, that's the NSSF's world. And that's who we represent are those, uh, those companies in the firearm space. Well, and this is so important. And because you're our featured guest today, I decided, I thought, okay, I want to go to what did the founders have to say about firearms? And this quote that I had, and I, I shared it in the first segment, was Thomas Jefferson. He said, laws that forbid the carrying of arms disarm only those who are neither inclined nor determined to commit crimes. Such laws make things worse for the assaulted and better for the assailants. They serve rather to encourage than to prevent homicide. For an unarmed man may be attacked with greater confidence than an armed man. And so that's why they, they understood all this. And I thought that was such an appropriate quote since you were going to be our guest today, Nephi. Well, I absolutely agree. And it's, it's interesting, but when you look at what the founding fathers said, they, you know, the, the Second Amendment does not create a right. What the Second Amendment did, and if you even look at the wording, it does this specifically— it recognized an existing right. It said the right of the people, the, the right of the people to keep and bear arms. So that means an existing right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The right already existed. It was, it was, they called it a God-given right or a natural right. What does that mean? That means when you're born into this world, you have a right to protect yourself, to protect uh, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And it said, specifically they said, government would not be allowed in that space. How did they say that? They said, government shall not infringe. And so, you know, that's really important to us. And, you know, when we look at, you know, you might say, well, why does a, why does a company care? Well, if you want to exercise the, you know, you, you, people will say you have a right to free speech. If somebody doesn't, it says, okay, you have a right to free speech, but you don't get to talk. You don't have a phone. You can't, you know, use, for example, you can't use social media. Do you really have a, is that really free speech? The same thing applies with the right to keep and bear arms. You have a right to keep and bear arms, but what if somebody says, oh, we're just not going to let you now sell firearms, or we're going to tax ammunition such that you can't afford to purchase it. Those are things that, if that's not encroaching or infringing on a natural right, then what is? So, yeah, it's important, and the founders recognized the Second Amendment as being something that was bigger, the right to keep and bear arms, the right to self-defense, to self-protection was bigger than, you know, than, than something government gave. It already existed. Well, and another thing, Nephi, that I've learned as I've watched this whole debate is that a firearm can be a great equalizer. So, for example, a um, 110-pound woman, uh, if she's attacked by a 250-pound guy, Physically, he, you know, certainly uh, has has the advantage. But the way to equalize that advantage, if she is uh, has a firearm proficient in a firearm, 
that's a big equalizer for a 110-pound woman that's being attacked by a 250-pound bad guy. And I think that's important that people understand that. So to infringe upon her right, no, you know, no matter what her age is, because we've had these age restriction uh, laws that have been proposed here in Colorado at the local and the state county and state level, I think people really need to think twice about that, Nephi, and, and not take away her right to be able to equalize that attack and to protect herself. Your thoughts? Well, it's interesting you should bring that up. That's, that's a, there's a, a case called that, that came before the Supreme Court called Bruin, and it deals with some of these things about you know, weapons and what is, you know, can be used for self-defense. And I think what people need to step back and look at is if we were just take away the word gun, and just say weapon, we'd realize that weapons have been around for as long as people have. And so, you know, when you talk about a, a specific, you know, a gun and you want to take a gun away from a female, what it doesn't matter. Um, you know, we could go back 300 years or 500 years, and what you'd see is people who are bigger, stronger, people who have access to the means to weapons for self-defense or otherwise, they can exercise power over people who don't. And so one of the things the founders wanted to do was they wanted that to be they wanted to be equality. They wanted it to be uh, they wanted the, the average individual to be equal to, say, a member of the military who was going to come to their door and try and take away their freedoms or, you know, take their house to, to, to house soldiers there. And the founders recognized that. And I think we all inherently recognize that if we could strip away the fear about a certain type of gun or, you know, we'd say, uh, you know, a size magazine, and we could just get back to, 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 to basically putting people on an equal footing with each other, we'd realize that the Second Amendment absolutely applies across the board to all law-abiding citizens to protect their right to self-defense, no matter what weapon that they choose to use for self-defense. Nephi, that is so interesting. I had never thought about that, you know, because we hear the word equity, equality thrown around all the time. But I never really thought about that, that the founders wanted to make sure that the individual had equality regarding um, bearing firearms. That, uh, that's a big aha for me. That's a nugget today that our listeners can take away, Nephi. Yeah, I think it's very important we all know it. You know, the U.S., a lot of people sometimes they take, talk about these kind of they say like a, a firearm, like what's a, a military-grade firearm and things like that. Um, I'm a, a student of, you know, firearms and history, and one of the things that I think is fascinating is it's actually the American public who has literally always been kind of on the cutting edge of having the perfect tools that were to be used for self-defense, for hunting, for any what we call a common lawful use, which is the protected uses of, of, the, of the Second Amendment common lawful use of an arm and so when you look at you know the kentucky long rifle the kentucky long rifle which was used during the revolution very successfully by our founding fathers it didn't have a lot in common with the rifles that say the redcoats were carrying or the guns the redcoats were carrying except that it was better they were carrying a you know the brown best musket that was not very accurate but could be loaded quickly and then here come here here come the americans with these rifles that were crafted on the banks of Wyoming Creek, and those rifles that they carried were more accurate. They were, they were, you know, they they had a, a greater range, and they were being used by men, by individuals who had become uh, experts in the craft of the gun, who had become experts in hunting, who had, 
not only learned not only owned firearms but became expert in their use for lawful purposes and i think that that's a that's who we are as americans that's what we've always done we've always been on the cutting edge and the rifle is ours just like a cigar might be from cuba or a fine coffee from somewhere else we produce the finest firearms in the world and you know we're proficient with them and that's part of what makes us a unique and wonderful culture it's part of who we are as americans well, and Nephi, one of my, I have another show that I do, America's Veteran Stories, and uh, that began because of a trip that I took in 2016 to Normandy, France, with four D-Day veterans from World War II. And so I've learned so much uh, through all these different interviews, and one of the things that I have heard is that the Japanese were patrolling up and down our western coast, our west coast, during World War II, but they never really decided to come in and invade America because they knew that uh, Americans had firearms and would protect themselves, and at least that's something anecdotally that I've been told regarding why the Japanese never really attacked uh, the American mainland. Is that something that you've heard, Nephi? Yeah, I've heard the same anecdote, and I don't, you know, whether or not that's true, I, you know, I've never been able to find the person to verify it, but uh, remember what the Second Amendment says. The Second Amendment specifically says that for the security of a free state, for the security of a free state, it says the right to keep and bear arms, this is the indiv- individual right to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. So what does that mean? Well, it's, you know, and it, it, there's some wording in there about, you know, the the... What is it? The militia, the uh, you know, mm-hmm. a well-regulated militia being necessary. But remember who that was. When we talk about the time of the fathers, who was the well-regulated militia? The re- well-regulated militia literally was required by law. It's any able-bodied man. They were actually required to have that rifle above the fireplace on the mantle. That was not just in most, in many states. That was not a an ask. That was if you're an able-bodied man, you'd better have x amount of balls and and powder and a rifle hanging there you were the militia we are the militia the people the people of the united states individually we make up the 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 power of this country and that's again that was what the founders intended they recognized that we as individuals you know had that power individually to protect our home our hearth our loved ones but also that when you expand that when you have individuals, they can come together and then they can create protection. And we continue to do that. It continues to be something that's very important. And if you look at our country uh, and you look at us, you know, people might joke about it, but you look across the Western U.S., at, you know, the cowboy mentality and, and, and what other people think of us, they do think of us as self-sufficient, as tough, as able to tackle and handle challenges. And that is part of our culture that the Second Amendment is will always be part of for Americans. Now, this is so thought-provoking. And uh, as I'm talking with Nephi Cole, and he is the Director of uh, Government Affairs and State Relations. I might have those backwards, but he is with the National, yeah, Shooting, uh, National, uh, National Shooting Sports Foundation, the NSSF, and they do have the SHOT Show out in Las Vegas each year. And these are important conversations. We get to have them because of great sponsors like NSSF, but also Lauren Levy. The rise in interest rates is causing challenges and creating opportunities. 
For nearly 20 years, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, has helped individuals realize their hopes and dreams of home ownership, fund kids' educations through second mortgages, and access capital by utilizing reverse mortgages. Lauren is not constrained to work with just one lender because he works with so many different lenders. Licensed in 49 states, Lauren offers choices for your individual mortgage needs. Preparation leads to success, so call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881 so that you're prepared for opportunity in the mortgage market. That's Lauren Levy, 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Franktown Firearms and Shooting Range keep their firearm and ammunition inventory up so you can get the lowest price at the best tax rate. Across the nation, inventory is down and sales are at record levels, leading consumers to pay higher prices at other businesses. Franktown brings in new items every week, which translates to lower pricing on your purchase. There are millions of first-time gun owners purchasing each year, showing that the demand is growing and prices are rising to meet that demand. Whether you're looking for a self-defense carry, hunting game, or using your firearms and ammunition for pest control, the folks at Franktown are fully stocked and ready to get you the right firearm at the right price. And this family-owned, family-operated gun store and range is proud to have the lowest tax rate possible, saving you even more. Find out more about Franktown Firearms at klzradio.com slash franktown today and fill out the form to get half off your initiation fee on membership. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimBunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And be sure and check out the Center for American Values. They are located in Pueblo, Colorado, on the beautiful Riverwalk. And Pueblo is known as the home of heroes because there are four Medal of Honor recipients that grew up in Pueblo, Colorado. And one of those recipients, Drew Dix, uh, is one of the co-founders of the Center for American Values. And he received the Medal of Honor, was awarded the Medal of Honor for actions he took in the Vietnam War during the Tet Offensive. And Drew and the co-founder, Brad Padula, said, we need to we need to honor our Medal of Honor recipients, and we need to teach these values of America, of honor, integrity, and patriotism. So the Center for American Values is non-political. They're focused on honoring our Medal of Honor recipients and this education uh, component. And you can get more information by going to AmericanValuesCenter.org. That is AmericanValuesCenter.org. And uh, the show comes to you because of sponsors. I want to say thank you to Laramie Energy and Karis Oil & Gas for their goal sponsorship of the show. And then I am thrilled to have as a new sponsor the National Shooting Sports Foundation. On the line with us is Nephi Cole, and he is the Director of Government Affairs and State Relations. Or that might, again, I might have that backwards, but y- all those things you do, Nephi. Um, I want to talk about New Mexico. The governor down in New Mexico... Did, it was just astonishing to me what she did regarding 
uh, infringing upon the, pe- the right of people to keep and bear firearms. So explain this to our, our listeners. Yeah, I, I like what you said. It's almost unbelievable. Um, across the nation right now, you have a trend where officials in state legislatures, Congress, governors, and then others, maybe even higher up than that, who know uh, what the Constitution says, are still calling to ban common rifles, the, again, the most common rifles, the most common magazines and ammunition. And those calls are fundamentally unsound. They're contrary to fundamental law and justice. And it's really disturbing when an elected official would say, I know what the Constitution says, but I don't care. I'm going to move forward anyway. So in New Mexico, Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, uh, along with others, you know, they decided to gaslight the American public by calling gun crime a public health emergency. It simply isn't. It's crime. It's also statistically no different than it was in the early 1990s or the, or the 1970s. It's essentially static. But that governor used that misinformation as an excuse to strip her constituents of the fundamental right to keep and bear arms. So she did a, a, a executive order, which was outside of unbelievable. She was wrong. And the courts immediately stepped in when she did that. Mm-hmm. So she wrote this executive order that took away the right to keep and bear arms using a, a, a fake emergency. And the court said no. Uh, you know, honest politicians of either party recognize that the right to keep and bear arms that is a fundamental right. And, you know, if you want to see how crazy this is, contrast New Mexico, New Mexico with what happened in even Colorado, where a mob of about 2,500 people descended on the Capitol this summer to demand that Governor Polis, who is one of the more progressive governors in the United States of America, invalidate the Second Amendment through an executive action, exactly what she did. Even Governor Polis refused, and this is what he said. He said, the individual calls to improve safety and prevent gun violence through requests for an executive order banning guns would simply be unconstitutional. It's pretty scary when, even within the same party, one person who is, can, can recognize that, and then you have individuals who would, who would ignore what they know to be constitutional protections and, and try and take those away from you anyway. The right to keep and bear arms does not have a party affiliation, a color, a gender. It belongs to every law-abiding American citizen. Well, and good for Governor Polis uh, for taking that stand. However, uh, a new volunteer position that I have, uh, Nephi, is the president of the Colorado Union of Taxpayers. And this was my first year, but what that meant is I put my eyeballs on every piece of legislation that was proposed, and then, and then within the, the cut pledge, we, we would take uh, rate, rate different bills. But I, I saw here in Colorado several different bills that were proposed by this radical activist uh, Democrat legislature regarding the right for people to keep and bear firearms. And so this is an ongoing legislative battle. And and many times, if it can't be accomplished at the state level, then you'll see uh, different, um, and I no longer call them officials, they are representatives. So elected representatives at the local and the county level that will usurp this right of individuals to keep and bear their firearms. You're you're absolutely right. And I think it's important that people watch these things. And, and ultimately, here's what we know ultimately. The Supreme Court has come down um, very strongly that firearms that are in common use for self-defense are protected. You know, a common use for a lawful purpose is, is the term we should say. Um, 
those are protected by the Second Amendment. And so what does that mean? That means the most, so the, the most commonly owned rifle in America is an AR-15. It outsells every other type of rifle by a significant margin. 30-round magazines are the most common magazines in the United States of America for rifles. They're common, and they're used for lawful purposes every day, whether they're self-defense or hunting or recreational shooting or security or security of your state. Those are all lawful uses. Semi-automatic handguns are the most, that hold more than 15 rounds, are the most common guns in America by a significant margin. All these things are in common use by folks for lawful purposes. When the courts take a look at these things, just as the Supreme Court has, they continue to say now, they're, they're continuing to say, look, you cannot keep law-abiding citizens from having these things. So this is actually the irony is that there's common ground where people on both the left and the right have agreed that there is, a, there is a, an appropriate place for regulation, and that is criminals should not have access to firearms. And, and the Supreme Court specifically said it's, it's legitimate to keep violent criminals, the criminally insane, and other similarly restricted individuals from firearms. That's where we have agreement. That's where we can have real solutions where we can work together. So, you know, possession of a firearm is a crime. They're used in crime. Those are all crimes. We agree. So why not spend our time there? Keeping firearms from criminals, that works. Works okay. to reduce overall criminality, that reduces gun crime. Uh, Real solutions are available to these issues. And you have nailed it, Nephi Cole. We need to reduce crime, but not disarm our citizens. Nephi, we will talk to you uh, once a month for sure. Thank you. This has been great. And thank you to the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Great to have you. Jim, thank you. And our quote for the end of the show is from George Washington. He said, firearms stand next in importance to the Constitution itself. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you. God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two. Those are the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our bodies. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to our number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And I get to work with an amazing team. That's producer Joe, producer Luke, Zach, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday, producer Joe. Happy Thursday, Kim. <laughs> Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. 
Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. You can email me at Kim at KimMensa.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, Text line is busy. It's 720-605-0647. And the last segment of this show, you can call in 303-477-5600. And I am so excited to have in studio with me Dave O'Rourke, and he is uh, one of the marketing gurus who is uh, working on a climate conversation, and the Colorado premiere is tonight. You flew in from uh, the San Francisco area, and um, welcome. It's great to have you here. Oh, Kim, it's so nice to be here. Thanks. It was a beautiful day to be in an airplane coming over Denver yesterday. Just what a glorious place. It's just nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Politically, we're not that different than California. This is what I understand. <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm not sure that's good news or, or how to interpret that. But uh, we're going to talk about a climate conversation because uh, we're doing the Colorado premiere tonight out at Rockley's Event Center. 8555 West Colfax is the location. I know, Joe, you have your ticket. You are jazzed about this. I'm so excited. It's going to be a good time. It is. And Dave, we're almost sold out. I'm sure we'll be sold out. Yeah. I know that's the nature of the Denver crowd, I think, show up at the last minute. But I am also very happy about the significant number of people from the press that will be there. Now, this is the beginning of a thing that I think is about to become, you know, we'll look back at today and say that was when the virality got started. I just got chills thinking about this. This is, and we'll talk more about it. Uh, and well, let's, we'll, we'll keep that as a cliffhanger. How's that? Oh, sounds good. So as many of you know, I've started, and I, uh, Joe, I do have a word of the day I can pronounce today. I decided I, I, this has been a minefield for me. Uh, but we're all learning and growing together. That, that is the hope. So the word of, today, of the day is hubris, and it's spelled H-U-B-R-I-S, and it's a noun. It could be overbearing pride or presumption arrogance. And that's pretty well what all the definitions are. So this is my sentence. And I try to use the word from yesterday, which I think I'll do it. Uh, Joe, here we go. Uh, the hubris of Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey and his disrespect of his constituents regarding alleged bribery charges and finding $480,000 in cash in his house. That's pretty amazing. Is ineffable. Ineffable. There we go. Ineffable. You got it. It's taken me a while. You heard me practicing that. Okay. So our quote of the day, and I went to our founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, and uh, I I went to them regarding our Second Amendment because we had uh, Nephi Cole on in the first hour. Uh, New sponsors of the show is the National Shooting Sports Foundation. And Thomas Jefferson wrote this. But again, if you didn't hear this in the first hour, this is this. These are just God wings towards America. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States, died on July 4, 1826. John Adams, second president of the United States, founding father, died on July 4, 1826. Fifty years to the day, Dave, after the, the uh, Declaration of Independence. I, th- that doesn't just happen, I don't think. Adams' last words, apparently, were, Thomas Jefferson is alive. Exactly. Which... <laughs> These were not best friends in life, but they were united in, in this amazing project that you know, we are here today to enjoy. Kim, I was in Monticello last week. Oh, I was there in May. What a 
fabulous experience that is. I, I can't. I'm just like my fourth visit to Monticello. Oh, okay. But I spent five hours there just soaking up Tom. I, same here. So um, I ended up there with my good friend Yvonne. And this last uh, May, it's, I'd never gone before. It was a bucket list thing. We went twice. Then we went over to Montpelier, yeah. Madison. I didn't make it to, and Mon- Monroe was right next door. So that's another thing. Did you know James Monroe, fifth president, died on July 4, 1831? And then Calvin Coolidge, great president, was born on July 4, 1872. Is that amazing? It can't be a coincidence. It can't be a coincidence. But this is the quote of the day. Thomas Jefferson, he said, laws that forbid the carrying of arms disarm only those who are neither inclined nor determined to commit crimes. Such laws make things worse for the assaulted and better for the assailants. It's like, I want to say, duh. But anyway, they serve rather to encourage than to prevent homicides, for an unarmed man may be attacked with greater confidence than an armed man. Thomas Jefferson. And producer Joe is just nodding his head in agreement. So let's ask Karen Levine what she thinks about uh, Thomas Jefferson. Hey, Karen Levine, uh, you know her. She is award-winning realtor with Remax Alliance, a great friend for many years. Also, uh, uh, she's been in this business for many years. Karen Levine, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. <laughs> We're on fire today. I can tell. There's a lot of energy in that studio. <laughs> well, there always is when you're in studio and on the line. <laughs> now, you're not going to make it to a climate conversation because you have, you have something else you're doing. I've tried to be in two places at the same time, Karen, but I've never been successful. No, no. And, you know, I'm try- I was trying again, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> so I split forces of the household, and Barry and a friend of ours will be there tonight. I told him he needs to take copious notes, and then... I will be at a fundraiser for the, rid of the Realtor Political Action Committee, um, raising money so that we can do good work both state and nationally regarding private property rights and home ownership. Oh, Karen, and you really have been so dedicated as a volunteer on this regarding property rights and home ownership. I, I spoke last night at a Republican meetup, and a woman, Joy, came up, and she she was just troubled by uh, this um, assault upon private property rights, home ownership, through public policy and plopping down these three, four-story apartment buildings in the middle of single-family neighborhoods. And she was just so troubled about it. And that's why the work that you're doing is so important, Karen. Well, the work is is important. It is important, and it's hard, but... I think we chatted about all the interviews uh, our committee was involved in with the city council uh, candidates across the front range, and many of them are starting to understand that the construction de- defect legislation has um, impounded entry-level housing significantly over a decade, and although they can't make those changes, the changes need to make, be made down at the state, at least they are participating in the conversation finally well and i think that's also as you're doing these interviews you're creating relationships and you and i have been on this journey together to figure out these uh, private property rights and you are you're one of the foremost voices i think on this in colorado and karen you've been in the business for a long time we're not going to say how many years we've known <laughs> each other because then people know how old we are right but you know we're not aging no we're not um but there is still opportunity, and I know that even on the um, uh, 
you know, out, out in the uh, edges of the metro area, there's some new bills out there where I think young people would have more of an opportunity to buy a home. And regarding these new bills, it's important that, that people have somebody on their side of the table. So they just need to take you to that appointment. And, uh, and I think that I think a lot of people don't realize that. So it's a very important point. Right. And builders are very receptive to have buyers coming in with their agent and wanting representation. And so all the builder community has asked is that if you are engaging representation through a realtor, that you bring them with you on the first visit. And then, of course, I would attend if you decided to move forward contractually. I would be at the time that you went through the contract and went through all the paperwork because that's why you have me there is to be a second or third set of eyes and ears to understand uh, really all the rights of the builder because in a builder contract, um, the builder has lots of rights and the buyer has minimal rights and you can't change that. It is the way it is, but at least you'll be aware of what you are committing to. And there are a lot of really great builders in our communities uh, that uh, are building quality homes and that wanna see people in home ownership. And so they encourage you to bring your agent with you, and we can have a conversation. <laughs> I love that. Does it cost anything for the buyer to have you on their side of the table? Well, that's an interesting question, Kim, and kind of semi-throwing me a curveball. Uh, there is a lot of um, litigation uh, nationwide right now um, discussing the fact that our system, the system, the realtor system, um, the real estate system across the nation um, has been a system where when you list a property for sale, you charge a fee, a commission, and that fee is negotiable. And that fee entails the payment of what we refer to as cooperative com compensation to a buyer's agent or to the agent on the other side of the table. And sellers uh, came forth with a class action lawsuit and said that um, they think that that's a rig system and that they shouldn't be paying that fee. Hmm. What's ironic is that fee is paid in the purchase price. So if the seller chooses not to offer a co-op, and in the case of a builder, the builder may choose to not offer to pay a co-op or they may pay a co-op that's less than my success fee, which is what I charge a buyer. Um, that is the open marketplace. But what will happen is prices will then come down if that fee's not being absorbed in the purchase price. So we're actually kind of in a potential change in how things have been handled uh, over a hundred years. But I, we will see. I, I did not realize that, Karen, when I asked yeah. you that question. So yeah, we'll, so. we'll have to talk about that more <laughs> when you and Lauren are in studio. But what I have learned is working with great people uh, that strive for excellence, sometimes it may cost a little something or it may cost a little bit more on, on the, you know, at the front end, but working with great people that you trust over the long term bodes well for your success. And that's why I highly recommend you uh, as uh, my, re my endorsed uh, realtor, Karen Levine. How can people reach you? They can reach me at 303 777 and I'm never too busy to answer your questions and help you navigate the real estate market. And that is Karen Levine, 303-877-7516. I will miss you tonight, but I will be looking for Barry. 
That sounds great. Okay. Good luck tonight. Okay. Have a great day. Another great sponsor of the show is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team, and they can create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs, from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's coverage. Super, super important. Contact the Roger Mangan Team now at 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. So I switched my insurance to the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency. Get this, I actually talked to Roger Mangan, who has been helping people with their insurance coverage in our community for 47 years. He helped me create a State Farm personalized price insurance plan for my home and auto and explained affordable options. For personalized service and peace of mind that you are working with a team that cares about you and your family, call Roger Mangan now at 303-795-8855. Kim highly recommends the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. Again, that number is 303-795-8855. With the limited number of homes in the Colorado Front Range market, Karen Levine can help you achieve your home buying or selling vision. Karen has the right connections, technology, and strategies to help you buy or sell your home or to purchase a new build. Whether you're feeling overwhelmed or want someone to take the wheel, or you just need a second opinion, you can rest assured that REMAX Realtor Karen Levine is the right agent for you. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. Karen is the trusted professional who strives for excellence. That number is 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. And welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. In studio with me is Dave O'Rourke. He is one of the marketing gurus with A Climate Conversation. Tonight is our Colorado premiere out at Rockley's Event Center, 8555 West Colfax in Lakewood. Uh, We have just a few tickets left, and people can go to my website, KimMunson.com, and the link is there. Dave O'Rourke, you got uh, connected in all this. First of all, we have a mutual colleague who I have deep regard for, and that is Zach, who does all of my marketing. And uh, he's, I've been working with him for just about five years. He is a, a remarkable person. He has his dedication to excellence is, is just is unbelievable. And you've been working with him as well. I've worked with him for a number of years. He's an extraordinary human being. It, uh, I, I gave up trying to compare my work ethic with his. I just don't <laughs> have it. I'm never going to have it. Uh, you know, we were together until nine o'clock last night. He's uh, he's a spectacular person. I, I trust him completely. I do too. Yeah, I do too. And uh, so that's how how we got connected. You and he are working now. So a climate conversation is the brainchild of Walt Johnson, and it's a rather remarkable story, isn't it? I'm. I was gobsmacked when I heard of the story the first time, and I thought, well, that, you know, this 50-year 
career talking rocks he's not <laughs> going to make a documentary you know will you take a look at it Dave yeah I'll look at it and I just you know I've seen it nine times subsequently uh, I was beyond impressed because he aimed for the center of the target and what you see in this clickbaited world is people are looking for the for the extremes they're mm-hmm. looking for the outside and that's just leaving 80% of the people behind Climate change is real. People have a role in causing it. People will be the thing that solves it. But if we can't bring it together and we can't find the common ground, which there's much more common ground than there is things that divide us. Mm-hmm. So it's really a question, what are we going to do? And, and, and it's an understanding that if we do it together, it'll be fun and it'll work. Or we can fight about this for the rest of our lives. You talk about the Second Amendment 200-some years ago. Uh, They're still fighting about the Second Amendment. There's something, you know, hubristic about politics. Nice, well done. (laughs) Yeah, and it causes these kind of permanent, permanent uh, conflicts. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be that way. We can have a conversation about this. And I think we'll find when we do that, but there's more common ground than there is disagreement. Well, and you alluded to this in the film, in the documentary, one of my favorite lines. So Walt Johnson is, is a geophysicist uh, and been, had that career for over 50 years. And one of the great lines in the documentary is where he says, I talk to rocks. Mm-hmm. And I, every time I hear that, I it just makes me smile. <laughs> <laughs> well, people are going to see tonight that he also talks to people. Some of the people he talks to are very impressive people. You know, um, we get our news, so much of it, from politicians and pundits, and these are not climatologists. You know, they're, they're not. They're opinion leaders who are seeking an agenda that's certainly economic and could have a tremendous impact. I'd really like to actually talk to some scientists myself rather than hear the science is settled and the science is mm-hmm. over and the science all, scientists all agree. They don't. Yes, we can all, I think everyone could agree, you put eight, eight billion anything in an ecosystem, it's going to have some impacts, and obviously humanity has an impact. The real question is, what are we going to do about it? Well, I, I think it's important that people understand that we can have human prosperity, humans can flourish, and we can take care of the planet at the same time. Those two things can happen. And you mentioned talking to scientists. You're going to get to do that tonight because the scientists in the film are flying in from all over North America for a panel discussion. I mean, what's the chances that you could see this film, meet these uh, panelists, have food and drink for 20 bucks? (laughs) It's the social event of the year (laughs) in Denver, and partly because it's going to be featuring you as well, Kim. Well... Walt and, and Ramey. Ramey and I have been good friends. We met when I was on city council, and she was city council in Lakewood. And we were at a Colorado Municipal League meeting. We ended up, and again, I think it's a, a God wink. We ended up sitting next to each other, and it was like this immediate friendship that occurred. So Walt, they put up their own money, and they talked to their kids. They said, I mean, because this is a family thing. This is money that could have gone to kids for reti- from their retirement. And Walt said, if we don't get a handle on that, and I'm paraphrasing, if we don't get a handle on this issue, there's not going to be retirement for our children. And so the whole family has been very involved in this. 
but uh, he, Walt, Ramey, they stepped up to the plate. He said, there's been so many books out there. I want to do a film. And they asked me to moderate it. And I'm just so honored. You know, when we took upon ourselves to make this film well-known, get in front and of as many and Zach. people yeah. as, as we could, my, I started talking to people. I talked to a lot of people. And those who had seen the film consistently came back and said, this film is a labor of love. Mm -hmm. Walter Johnson has spoken not just to rocks, but he's spoken to God. And and this is the product of someone with deep conviction. And I I came to realize, you know, what it really is, it's a labor of science inspired by love. I believe that. Knowing Walt a little bit now and having gotten to know Ramey, I... I, they're in this for the right reasons. You know, we, I'm looking at you and I'm saying, is it possible that you want to poison the, the river? No, right? of course not. Of course not. But we got to be able to do, you know, we shouldn't poison rivers. We should get together and figure out what we can reasonably accomplish and accomplish that. It was interesting because Rushi Sina, I can never say his name right, <laughs> but the prime minister of England came out the other day. I think it's Sunak. And he said, we've got to become more realistic about these goals. This net zero thing is not affordable. So what will we do? Well, I live in Marin County, California. In 2022, 38% of the vehicles, new vehicles sold in Marin County, California were EVs. Okay. 38%. And that's not government, although there are incentives that have been put in place. That's people wanting to drive EVs in Marin County, I guess. So some of this really can just happen organically. But I would love it if we could get some of the poison out of this, calling people extremists or alarmists or deniers. I don't think that's helping. Well, and that, uh, that again, that's why this film is so important. And Colton Moyer, uh, who is the director-producer did something truly amazing. He used the Socratic method of of really asking these questions. And he has done a beautiful job on this film as well. And uh, again, all these things have, have come together. Now, we, we did the initial filming last October. And, and uh, it, it took, it takes time to edit. I mean, editing, I have learned, is such a talent. And Colton has done such a super job on that. But then, uh, and it had been shown down at the Heartland Institute at their International Climate uh, Conference in February to a standing ovation. And then it, it wasn't just gaining the legs that Ramey and Walt wanted. They, Walt wants people to see it. He wants to have eyeballs on this to create a conversation. And so that's where you and Zach came in, into the, the picture, Dave. It's a joy to work on this project, Kim. And we have great material in our first meeting uh, that we, to talk about how will we do this, should we do this, is this, can do our talents work here? That's you and topic? Zach talking, yeah. talking about it? We, we thought, well, um, it will always and only depend upon the quality of the film. There's a- Absolutely. No, it must stand on its own. And so let's be critical. Let's watch this film and let's, let's watch other films and let's put it in its context and let's see where it fits. This is a beautiful movie. It's, a, it's beautifully done. 
the, the cinematography and the editing, as you say, is remarkable. It's, this is a gorgeous, stunning film. It's the earth. Mm-hmm. It's images of the earth. And it's conversations with, in a Socratic environment, conversations with some remarkably talented and deeply experienced scientists whose point of view is grounded in facts. Mm-hmm. It's such a refreshing change. I, I, I know the people tonight are going to be moved. Yes, and Pete, there's still just a few tickets left. You can go to my website, KimMunson.com, and the link is there. And we're talking about the cl- the climate of our Earth. But if for your personal climate, Johnny Stubbs Heating and Air Conditioning Services uh, can is the is the group that can help you with that. Johnny Stubbs Services uses only the best quality products to ensure that your heating and cooling systems run efficiently and last for years. Johnny Stubbs Services' team of experts is available to provide the proper guidance and help you make informed decisions about your heating and cooling needs. Johnny Stubbs Services prides themselves on delivering prompt and reliable service and stands behind their work with a satisfaction guarantee. JohnnyStubbsServices.com, the trusted contractor for all your heating and air conditioning needs. That's JohnnyStubbsServices.com. The rise in interest rates is causing challenges and creating opportunities. For nearly 20 years, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, has helped individuals realize their hopes and dreams of home ownership, fund kids' educations through second mortgages, and access capital by utilizing reverse mortgages. Lauren is not constrained to work with just one lender because he works with so many different lenders. Licensed in 49 states, Lauren offers choices for your individual mortgage needs. Preparation leads to success, so call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881 so that you're prepared for opportunity in the mortgage market. That's Lauren Levy. 303-880-8881. Our future depends on educated, informed, and active citizens. You could do your part by reading Dr. James Lyons Weiler's latest articles at Popular Rationalism on Substack. That's popularrationalism.substack.com. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. During the break, you heard the uh, spot for Dr. James Lyons Weiler's Popular Rationalism at Substack. But Dr. Jack has uh, founded this this great educational a program. It's called IPAC-EDU. That's the Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge-EDU. And he's matching up people that are intellectually curious with amazing instructors. And Ramey and I, Christy Whaley, another listener, Marie, we're all taking this course. Uh, I will miss it tonight because we're going to be at Rockley's for a climate conversation. Great thing about it. If you missed the course, uh, it is recorded. But I'm taking a course on literature as resistance, and uh, Brad Miller is teaching the course. He uh, was a, uh, a colonel in the Army, and he retired, 
or he resigned just short of retirement because he refused to take the jab and refused to have his those under his command take the jab. So it's a fascinating course. It's literature as resistance. These courses are super affordable, and if you put in Munson, you'll get a discount on that. But go to ipac-edu for all of the course uh, listings. Uh, Dave O'Rourke is in studio with me. He is uh, one of the two marketing gurus for A Climate Conversation. Zach, my marketing guy, is also helping on that. Tonight, uh, Glenn Jansen with Jansen Photography is going to be out at the event with his camera, which I'm excited about. But Glenn Jansen, Mary Jansen, they're true entrepreneurs. Uh, They're the owner of Jansen Photography. It's located in Lakewood, a beautiful property. And they specialize in portraits of families and children and senior portraits. And then, Dave, it is so important that people have that, that photo for their political or their business career. And Glenn Jansen can help with that. It's one of the one of the foundational elements of any brand <laughs> is your image. Uh, if you can control that, you you should. Well, and Zach said to me, Kim, <clears throat> it's time for some new photos, and so we use this for this new marketing brochure. And I said, Well, I like my old, old photo because. I was younger then, and he said, no, 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 you need uh, great photos. So I, I went out and uh, did a photo shoot in Glenn Jansen. I have to say, worked magic. And Brad Beck was in the studio, and he says, yes, they did. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Brad. Thanks a lot. But uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Jansen, Mary Jansen, you can find them at jansenphotography.com, and they will be at the a Climate Conversation tonight. Um, so Dave O'Rourke, you said you've watched the documentary nine times. And on one of our calls, you said that this documentary really speaks to you. You live in Marin County, California. You're a business guy, focused on your business, family, but have had questions about this. So speak to that, Dave. Well, I, so much of our national conversation today is just clickbait. It's just endless arguing. It's, it's the same arguments that I heard all those years ago back in college about the same things. That doesn't sound like progress to me. What sounds like progress to me is to get good people of goodwill together and provide them with as much research and real hard scientific data as you can get and then let them make up their own mind and trust that they'll do the right thing. I mean, this country wasn't built by idiots. No. This country was built by patriots. I think it's time for the patriots to get involved in the climate change conversation. Well, and Walt Johnson has stepped up to the plate to do that. Now, I, I mentioned we f- we filmed this last October. Of course, the editing and all takes some time. It was introduced last February, but I, I really think that everything is in God's time. I mean, you, you continue to put one foot in front of the other. Dave, there's something happening out there, and... The timing for this this documentary is perfect, I think. I've never, you know, you get lucky. You mm-hmm. do. And you get unlucky. I feel like this thing is blessed. Bill Gates comes out two or three days ago and says, we need to rethink net zero. And maybe what we should do is can all that other stuff and plant a trillion trees. At the same time, you see a big article in national news about how much land area will it take to replace the fossil fuel generation of electricity. It will take 15% of the continental United States footprint. And and the federal government has said, can't use public lands for it. This will be the biggest taking if it happened in the history of of eminent domain. It's 
is, for example, just the footprint for for wind would be equal to I think it's Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, and another state. Five states in the Midwest. A huge thing. And it takes land out of food production too. It does, and it's. <laughs> people think, well, it's just a windmill tower. No, no, no. There's transmission lines. There's battery storage. Before we get to all of these topics about where are we going to get this lithium and where are we going to get this cobalt and what is the impact on the human beings who dig that stuff out? What does it mean that they don't do any land recovery where they do most of this mining? And where are we going to get this $290 trillion to go to net zero? Where are we going to get that? Yeah. We don't seem to have enough money to pay our own bills. Right now, another $290 trillion doesn't sound feasible it doesn't. So I'd like somebody to tell me where that money's supposed yeah. to come from. So, and King Gregory, who's flying in from Canada, uh, did some of the calculations on, on that. And that's why Walt wanted him in, in the uh, film. And he is truly a brainiac, I would just say. And he's run those numbers. And, Dave, it's unbelievable to me that I guess I, I had Ken on the other day, and he said somebody else had run some numbers. But we have not had a conversation about what this is going to cost to human flourishing and prosperity. We don't have much of a conversation about its benefit either, Kim. So when you look at there's cost, yeah, but there's supposed to be benefit. And it seems that if the United States does achieve this goal and spends not one cent on anything else of public money for the next 20 years, uh, we won't really affect global temperatures at all. Or not meaningfully, because, you know, this week China will build a new coal plant and they will have more babies in India. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what is the cost benefit of this? Well, we should be talking about that, not not not, not demonizing each other. Yeah. That's what I believe Walt's vision can accomplish. It's called a climate conversation. It's not called a climate mandate or a climate argument or a climate listen to me. It's a let's talk about this thing. It's a big deal. And we're not going to solve it well if we don't solve it together. Well, and there has been an indoctrination on this, on this issue through education, through media. And so this is a very bold move for uh, Walt to say we're going to do this documentary. Because, but, again, being able to talk about this is so important. But it's a bold move. It's how you get into heaven, Kim, I think. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's got to be through good works. And I'm absolutely certain that this movie is good works. And if you haven't got a ticket, I hope you'll get a ticket. I think you're going to be so glad that you did. And and in addition to a wonderful film and an incredible panel discussion and a lot of learning that's going to go on, there's a social hour and there's an opportunity to be in a room with people who feel that this thing can be solved in yeah. a human and beautiful way. Yeah. It doesn't, don't have to kill each other over it. We can save each other. And it's got to start with things like this. Well, and I totally agree. And the good works is important. <clears throat> As a Christian, I realize that, <clears throat> well, we, we've seen 
and people do make mistakes. For, for example, we have a congresswoman here that made some made some um, PR mistakes. But um, and so that does happen as human beings. So that's why, you know, I really appreciate the redemption of Christ. And he says, okay, let's do these uh, good works. So that's kind of how I connect that dot, Dave O'Rourke. So, right. I think but, so too. Kim. But this is a this is really um, again this is a bold move in the spirit of our American founding. I think. Well, let's have a great time tonight. Let's just have a great time. It's time we had some fun with some of these things and not just let it be a, you know, another brawl, <laughs> another clickbaited TikTok video. Yeah. You know, we don't, we had enough. Well, and the other thing is, is coming together. And this is going to be in person. And people are going to get to connect with old friends. They're going to meet new friends. I think it's going to be cozy because we're pretty darn close to sold out. And uh, you can go to the, the web, my website to buy tickets. Um, but, again, you flew in from California for this. this uh, you've said that this is a, a labor of love uh, by Walt and Ramey, which it is, but, and a labor of love by Colton, the scientist in the film. But what you and Zach have envisioned, and, and actually when you and Zach said, okay, we're going to help get eyeballs on this, we didn't even have the Rockleys event <laughs> in the radar. This, yeah. was, this was a kind of a bonus. It was working towards the Newsmax debut, which it's going to debut. We now have a date on Sunday, October 14th, 7 p.m. Mountain Time on Newsmax. You know, if you're a marketer, the, there's a couple of beautiful words, Kim. One of them is prime time <laughs> yeah. I guess it's a phrase and one of them is go wide we're gonna go wide in prime time on Saturday night the 14th or on Sunday I, th- I think is it's it Sunday the I think it's Sunday night October. yeah prime time uh-huh. uh, and after that you know we have a plan to go across you know virtually all media channels this a billion people can watch this movie and all of them will benefit from doing it so our job is to try to make that happen. Right. It starts tonight. It starts tonight. And then we go wide on the 14th. And uh, and Walt would like to have a sequel. He said there's oops, there's still more things that we need to talk about. And so and and again, this is totally individuals and to pay it forward. So there will be opportunities for that as well and I think that's on the website. The, there is a climateconversation.com. I think it's the website, isn't it? I can't remember. It is a yeah. cl- a climateconversation.com. And there's a lot of material there. The, for, I hope you'll go visit it. And I hope you'll come to Rockleys tonight. And if you can, even if you can make it to Rockleys tonight, I hope you'll join us on Newsmax on the 14th. This is going to be a big deal. It is going to be a big deal. And uh, so, Dave Rourke, it's great to have you in studio. You're going to stay in studio for this last segment. Uh, but I'm talking with Dave Rourke. He and Zach Trimble are the marketing gurus for A Climate Conversation. And, of course, A Climate Conversation is the brainchild of, of Walt Johnson. He and his wife, Ramey, have really stepped up to the plate. And Colton Moyer, the producer-director, has done an amazing job uh, in creating this uh, documentary. We'd love to have you join us. You'll be with about 300 of your closest friends tonight at Rockley's Event Center at 8555 West Colfax. And again, there are just a few tickets that are left. And uh, I wanted to mention the Center for American Values, uh, which is a, a nonprofit that I dearly love. They're non-political, and they're focused on two things. One is honoring our Medal of Honor recipients. Uh, Drew Dix, who's a Medal of Honor recipient for actions that he took during the Tet Offensive in the Vietnam War. 
as well as Brad Padula, who is an Emmy Award-winning documentary maker, uh, came together and they said, we want to honor our Medal of Honor recipients, but we want to make sure that we talk about these values of America, of honor, integrity, and, and patriotism. And so they've created a number of different educational programs. And you can get more information by going to uh, center, excuse me, AmericanValueCenter.org. That's AmericanValueCenter.org. And a show comes to you because of sponsors like John Boson with Boson Law. A recent report notes that the number of children diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder is consistently and dramatically increasing. This is heartbreaking. If your child or grandchild or someone you know has been diagnosed with autism or ADHD following exposure to Tylenol or acetaminophen during pregnancy, call Boson Law at 303-999-9999. Boson Law is a Colorado-based law firm who has been fighting Big Pharma for over 20 years. Call now at 303-999-9999 for a free, no-obligation review of your potential claim. Call now at 303-999-9999. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Franktown Firearms and Shooting Range keep their firearm and ammunition inventory up so you can get the lowest price at the best tax rate. Across the nation, inventory is down and sales are at record levels, leading consumers to pay higher prices at other businesses. Franktown brings in new items every week, which translates to lower pricing on your purchase. There are millions of first-time gun owners purchasing each year, showing that the demand is growing and prices are rising to meet that demand. Whether you're looking for a self-defense carry, hunting game, or using your firearms and ammunition for pest control, the folks at Franktown are fully stocked and ready to get you the right firearm at the right price. And this family-owned, family-operated gun store and range is proud to have the lowest tax rate possible, saving you even more. Find out more about Franktown Firearms at klzradio.com slash franktown today and fill out the form to get half off your initiation fee on membership. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea. You should not have to force people to do it. Call in line is 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. Text line is 720-605-0647. And uh, wanted to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation. I've gotten to know them through uh, initially the work I was doing with my other show, America's Veteran Stories. And uh, got to know them by, there's a group of, of combat veterans, Marine combat veterans, that meet up in uh, North Denver, or, well, in Arvada, uh, once a month. And through that, I met Paula Sarles, who is a Marine veteran. She's a Gold Star wife, and she is the president of the USMC Memorial Foundation. And the memorial is very special to her. 
and uh, her her husband who passed on because of of injuries or, or because of, of things that happened during the Vietnam War. And Paula has taken it upon herself to to be the, the, the force behind raising the money to get this remodel done for the Marine Memorial. And so you can go to USMC Memorial Foundation to contribute. You can buy a brick to honor your uh, military service or your loved one's military service. It is a, it's a, a great gift for Christmas. Uh, but you can get more information by going to USMC Memorial Foundation and uh, be sure and help them out. I- anything helps, and they would greatly appreciate it. Dave O'Rourke is in studio with me. He and Zach Trimble are the marketing gurus for a climate conversation. And you have have alluded to this several times, Dave, that this is really, it is a labor of love by everybody that is involved in it. You, Zach, Colton, Walt, Ramey, the scientists. And let's talk a little bit about the scientists uh, that will be a a panel discussion. I mean, the the fact that we can ask them questions, they're flying in, um, let's see, King Gregory from Canada, Gregory Wrightstone, the East Coast, Ron Stein from the West Coast. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, first of all, Gregory Wrightstone with the CO2 Coalition, because you are interfacing with these scientists a bit, yes? Yes, and I, you know, we get questions like, you know, um, are, you, are you in the fringe? Or, you know, where, where, where are these people from? <laughs> Gregory Wrightstone was asked by the U.N., Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change to be an expert reviewer. And the expert is the key word in that. This is a man who knows a tremendous amount about this topic. He, he wrote the book that was in response to Al Gore's mm-hmm. Inconvenient Truth called Inconvenient Facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is a, sort of a point-by-point point total takedown based in facts, mm-hmm. based in science. Like one of the reasons you don't see polar bears in the, uh, you know, as the icon of climate change anymore is they're thriving. Yes. They're not, and they took pictures of old dying polar bears in the first place, you know, which is their nat, that they get old and die like humans do. And it's pretty good at, at generating pathos, but not very good at generating, you know, light. It, that's pretty disingenuous what they did with that. And so that's why Gregory's book, Inconvenient Facts, I think it's called uh, The Science That uh, Al Gore Doesn't Want You to Know or something like that. It's an easy read. It's, it's a pretty short book. Just uh, Well, I shouldn't say it's an easy read. It's not a huge book, but it's very thought-provoking. It is. And, you know, it provides a response to what has been an entirely one-sided dialogue. That, that can't stand. It, look, you can see the result of one-sided dialogue right in front of you. It's time for a two-sided dialogue. There's room for many stars under the firmament, which is people of goodwill have got to get together, start trusting each other. And that each of the scientists are so credible. So King Gregory uh, had him on the show earlier this week, and he clearly is a brainiac. And to try to bring him down to where regular people can understand what he has to say is uh, is tricky. But Colton did a really good job on that in the film. <laughs> he did. It's, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, what people are going to, people come to Rockley Center get an opportunity to meet a really special individual. This is, this is uh, you know, you can't say the smartest guy in the room in, in this room, you know, because it's going to be a multi-way tie for mm-hmm. first place. But this is a very, very careful scientist and statistician and economist, and he's put together 
what looks to, I mean, I, it is clearly a well-researched analysis yeah. about what it will cost. Just clearly is. The methodology is all laid out in their report. Uh, he, he is with a group, an important player in a group called the Friends of Science. Okay, so right there. That mm-hmm. sounds good to me. And then Ron Stein, uh, who I think he has PTS Advance as his business, but he's, um, I think the book is like Clean Energy Exploitations or something like that. He's written, I think, two or three books in this genre. He's actually just published his fourth book on the economics of clean energy. And he, you know, one of the things that he does, he's a very persuasive individual. He's got a lot of personal power. That's how you build one of the largest technical recruiting agencies on earth. He's this is a very successful entrepreneur, and he's very smart, as everyone will learn tonight. And he makes this key distinction between energy and electricity. Okay. So, because fossil fuels create a tremendous amount of energy, it's the most efficient storehouse of energy, sort of ever created, if you don't count the atom. Uh-huh. Right? So. You know, you, you've got to realize that when you say goodbye to fossil fuels, you say goodbye to virtually every single product that keeps you alive in a hospital. And look around this room. Okay, look in the studio. Almost everything in here was either made by using the energy from fossil fuels or from the fossil fuels themselves in the forms of plastics and other advanced materials and chemicals. Can't live without it. Not in the modern life. Not in the modern way. So these are part of the things that are in the conversation. Energy is crucial to human flourishing. We can't flourish without it. So this idea that we're going to say goodbye to energy and say hello just to electricity made from the sun, it's just not realistic. It's just not scientifically conceivably possible. Well, it, it, it isn't. And that's why we need to have an honest conversation. I was doing a little bit of research. Um, Daily Wire, you and I were talking. We, we both like um, Daily Wire. And they had said something about uh, Apple had come out and done a ad regarding Mother Nature, Mother Earth. And it was very, you know, DEI, diversity, equity, and in, inclusion in the ad. But they said, but actually the Apple board is pretty lily white and so i'm like i I wonder who's on the apple board al gore is on the board of apple i did not know that but apple look at all the plastic look at all the stuff from petroleum products in this phone that i'm holding in my hand made in china by the way you had to say that didn't you yeah i did i have well here's mine (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to imagine living you know getting through life without this yeah And, uh, yeah, so we're matching up on this. So we've got Bill in North Glen on the line. Bill, what's your thoughts on, on all this? What's on your radar? Well, one thing that you're going to have to emphasize tonight is they are natural fuels. They're not fossil fuels. Yes, you... There's not a bunch of dead dinosaurs laying around that created the oil. The earth is continually making oil and natural gas. Important distinction. And you and several of our listeners have continued to remind me. And, and you know, Bill, I talk about it all the time. Language is so important. So I appreciate you re-reminding me. So what should I say? Naturally occurring? Fuels. Fuels. Okay. I'll do that. We have natural gas. It just naturally occurs. And oil, uh, the earth is producing oil naturally. Naturally. God designed it very, very well. Okay. 
I, I thank you because you and I both know that language is so important. So, Bill and North Glen, are, are you going to be able to make it tonight? I won't be able to, <clears throat> but I thought it was important that uh, you get the language correct because people keep referring to everything as fossil fuels as those that as though there is a bunch of dinosaurs that ran and all died in one spot that means they all ran to saudi arabia and died i don't think so <laughs> i hadn't thought about that well bill in north Glen, one of these days i'll be excited to get to meet you in person i so appreciate your your perspective on all these things okay thank you okay naturally occurring fuels i like what he has to say well bill makes a powerful example of what branding can do Yes. We've had one side brand the language. They branded the media. They mm-hmm. branded the, the, the earned media around this thing mm-hmm. is measured in the extraordinary numbers. Mm-hmm. So we need to fight back a little bit on that. And that's what we'll be doing tonight with the Colorado premiere of a climate conversation. You can get, there's a few tickets left. You can go to my website, kimmunson.com. Uh, to buy those tickets. And, Dave, it's going to be a great evening. And thank you for flying in from Marin County, California, to be here. My pleasure, Kim. Thanks for having me. It's going to be a great evening. And so, my friends, uh, we had talked with uh, Nephi Cole with the National Shooting Sports Foundation earlier er, in the uh, first hour. And, again, thank you to them for their sponsorship. And thank you to Laramie Energy and Karis Oil & Gas for their sponsorship of the show. But I went to George Washington regarding the Constitution and firearms. And Washington said this. He said, firearms stand next in importance to the Constitution. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country Station.